on a nice, cool, wet Arizona summer morning. It, if I could be one other place right now in this studio, I would just go find a big, open batch of creosote, walk out in the middle and just go... Something about the wet Arizona desert. There's no other aroma like that. (laughs) (laughs) The desert smells like rain, they say. How nice is this? Good morning, Arizona. It is Rosie on the house, and we're in the backyard this morning with Donna DeFrancesco of City Mason, one of the Water Use It Wisely. Uh, Water Use It Wisely founders, brains, child, uh, creator. Actually, Mesa was the founder, and uh, and I am the brain. No, (laughs) I won't take all that credit. There's a big group of us. There's 20 partners now. But it started in Mesa, and then it opened up to Phoenix and Scottsdale, and we just kept gathering up partners just like little water drops into a a big pool. And Water Use It Wisely is a collection of resources from all the different city municipalities mm-hmm. on and, and agreed mm-hmm. as common best practice for watering techniques well we uh pool our money so that we can just help people get we just want the ideas out there i tell people we're not selling anything but the ideas on how to save water so we've created a lot of wonderful resources for people fantastic websites so anything you want to know about water what's going on here in arizona wiseley.com. And we have all kinds of landscape information. We have our watering guide on there as a, a, an online tool. You can see the booklet or an interactive online guide on there. Uh, and just uh, we have a plan of the month series. We have a newsletter that goes out once a month. And it's uh, well, each month we feature a plan of the month. We feature Celebrate Arizona Water. So we have imp- you know stories about different water features here in Arizona, which is fascinating. I hear you guys talk about those things all the time. And uh, all these wonderful places in Arizona. So we feature a lot of those things and so much more. Well, I never come into a Saturday morning broadcast without my watering number by the book. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) And with you, uh, Mr. C. Preview, we appreciate you coming down this morning. And who who got to drive? Do you guys flip a coin or do you always make Steve drive? Yeah, I I pretty much always (laughs) let him drive just because he's he's too picky about my driving. But That's you guys, true. we were listening to the show coming in. It was a wonderful show, and we're like, I hope we don't ruin it. Oh, sorry, Steve. <laughs> Thank you for having us. <laughs> and y'all are both master gardeners. You've been in the growing and uh, ag and nursery and garden industry uh, mm-hmm. community. I mean, you live it as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got a great place with pecan trees and your own little garden. So we've got a great host this morning. Uh, for your landscape and gardening questions, if you'd like to join the conversation, one triple eight seven six seven four three four eight. That's one triple eight Rosie for you. Jay Harper was a little nervous. He's like, you know, I'm two weeks in a row. I'm traveling on, oh. uh, or two months in a row. I'm traveling on my weekend, and he's actually doing the the Project Central. Oh yes. Um, and they, I, I think they're in Scottsdale today. Uh, but he was real nervous about it, and it was water. And I said, well. I'm I think because we're going to be talking water scheduling, we'll go to water use it wisely. So, well, <laughs> you can't go wrong with whoever you get from there. So, <laughs> All right. <laughs> Where are we going to start? Uh, obviously, this rain is wonderful. Oh, but my gosh, yes. It, it, the effect that it's going to have well, on a very mature, large shade tree, I mean, it, 
It, it's this isn't enough to turn the sprinklers off yet. No, that's right. It's not enough. You need about a half inch to be able to turn off your irrigation controller and actually save some water, some some municipal, you know, water, <laughs> supplied water. And we were a little short of a half inch. I yeah. Think. Yes. At, at least yeah. in this area. Sierra <laughs> Vista got a full inch. That's amazing. That was wonderful. And I was so glad to hear you guys talking about rainlog.org, which uh, people can get on that website and see what the rainfall totals were. I also go on the Maricopa County Flood Control site, and they have rain gauges all around the valley. And um, the I know when I looked them up this morning, we were seeing about four one-hundredths of an inch pretty much uh pretty uniform around the valley right now and hopefully we'll get more so as steve said if that half inch is is a good amount that we really feel like it's going to give a good drink to your plants so what do we need to be scheduling then with our timers we're right in the middle of the hottest month or historically the hottest month in the in the summer plants are stressed people are stressed (laughs) i think even the dirt is stressed (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's a really good question, and of course, we have a wide range of plant material that we have here in Arizona that that our climate can support. And so if we're dealing predominantly with native material, you can probably get away with watering that kind of stuff once a month or, or maybe twice a month at the most. But if you have turf, of course, the turf is going to have to be watered a couple or three times a week. Plants in between turf and desert-adapted stuff are somewhere in between there. Maybe you can get away with once-a-week watering for, like, the Mediterranean species, lantanas, things like that. And the amount of water is always the question, and that's where this booklet comes in so wonderful because (laughs) every soil is different, every plant is different, and this helps you match the soil, the plant, and marry the two together so you've got a chart for your own landscape and garden on what and how to properly water what's interesting about landscape watering by the numbers is we we did base it on research data and information from the university of arizona where you know they look at crop water needs and then we kind of uh extrapolate that into some of these other landscape plants desert plants and to try to figure out that just what you're saying what's the amount and and then what's the frequency you know how much water do they really need to stay healthy and so that's kind of how we came up with the name landscape watering by the numbers because it's it's numbers of gallons it's numbers you know it's the how much how much how many feet in the soil you want the water to go um it's it's just all those things and so it's really there's a science to it but there's an art to watering as well so we say it's there's definitely science but there is art because it's it depends on the health of your soils in some cases it depends you know if hopefully you've got mulches down over the uh, over the roots and so you're holding the moisture in for longer periods of time so there are so many different conditions that come into play slope and exposure and that kind of thing yeah also. microclimates oh my gosh it just can go on and on <clears throat> with with how many things can kind of come into play with how much how much, uh, you know, you got one of those exposures of southern exposure with the sun on the plant all day long. Uh, those things can make a big difference. When you try and send somebody to uh, maybe somebody new to Arizona or they're doing mm-hmm. landscape design, and you're going to go native plants, you're going to look at the zero scape style. Are there places that you send them to just go go look here for an idea of what, what you can do? There's a big... Uh, big myth that 
there's no color, but there's there's a lot of color in native. Oh yeah, yeah. In fact, that's one of the things that I like about the native plant material is just the diversity and dynamics of the of the ebb and flow of both color from flowers, color from vegetation and foliage, and color of the fruits that are out there. And relative to where to send somebody, the Desert Botanical Garden is an excellent resource. They have plants whose origins are the deserts from all over the world. Uh, Mesa Community College, where I'm an adjunct faculty member, has just received arboretum status this spring. And so we have our, a lot of our plants uh, labeled with the names all and we're working towards getting them all labeled, but you can go there. Boyce Thompson Arboretum, there's a lot of uh, locations like this. Oh, what's the one in Glendale, the library? Yeah, yeah, they're Xeriscape Demonstration Gardens. Yeah, Xeriscape Demonstration Gardens library. as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. So yep. there's a number of places we can send people that have worked towards naming plants and getting the names on so that people can uh, meander through these areas and look at plants and see what's in bloom and have a variety of different, you know, trees, shrubs, ground covers, and vines, all the different life forms. And it's wonderful to do that because you want to see those plants at their maturity and in the ground. The one thing that we say about desert plants is they're kind of those, they just don't look great in pots oftentimes they're at the nursery. Ugly ducklings. <laughs> they're kind of those Charlie Brown plants. Sometimes. Ugly ducklings. Yeah. 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 And so uh, you got to know that these plants are going to be great and, and have faith in them when you, when, and the nurseries will help you with say, yeah, this is actually a healthy plant. Might not look like too much right now, but, you know, put it in the ground and see what happens. There's another great stretch of, uh, zero escape from the corner of Hayden and McDowell, where the water treatment plant is. Oh yeah, that stretch south along the Scottsdale Xeriscape Demonstration mm -hmm. Garden. Yes, yes. That's... Thanks for pointing that out because got my Scottsdale folks would berate me for not mentioning it. Yes, <laughs> <And> that was <laughs> looking looking out the window at the Palaveries. I think we're just past the the bloom stage, but yes, a month ago when that oh. that canopy of yellow Palaverde that they've got. Yes. down the sidewalk is stunning yes oh it was breathtaking this year uh, they seemed to just really pop and they were just beautiful so and you know and then you get that beautiful yellow litter which we've got to get people to be more um what is the word less less <laughs> less less concerned about litter <laughs> Plant litter's okay. Plant litter's good, and it and it helps to mulch and, the plant, and especially and it returns nutrients to the soil. Yes, yes, it's all good, and and so you know, don't be you know as you know uptight about the litter. Uh, let it you know, especially a lot of the desert plants. Again, the leaves are small, the flowers are small. They're not going to uh, be too messy anyway. So, one triple eight seven six seven four three four eight. That's one triple eight Rosie for you to join the conversation, which was a question a texter sent in. So they obviously have a question, and it's been a while since we've given the number. But that text is also 411-923 if you don't have time to call in and hang tight. Or you can email a picture to info at rosyonthehouse.com if you're out and about. As uh, Gosh, if you're not out and about on a beautiful morning like this, you don't even have to leave. Just out in the yard oh, enjoying the smells and right. the sounds of the burden and overcast. Clouds. Yes. Humidity. Yes. <laughs> And you see something that you want to know, hey, what is this plant? You know, snap a picture and email it to us at info at rosyonthehouse.com, and we'll do the best we can to help you with that identification. And we're going to talk about what's coming into bloom now. 
in the great state of Arizona right after this. Splashing everywhere and so began my love affair with water on the riverbank with all my friends a big old well let me give y'all a few resources one I just learned about Donna tell tell everyone what you just got me signed up for hang on just a second there we go. There we go. You mentioned texting, and it reminded me something exciting I wanted to tell your listeners about. Um, you know, I've I've been sending out uh, monthly water, watering reminders for for many years. Um, it's a it's a monthly subscription, so it comes to your email box. Um, but we did come up with a, a even simpler type system, uh, a text alert. And so, if you uh, text to the number three three two two two, and just text the words or it's, it's all one word, when to water. So W-H-E-N-T-O-W-A-T-E-R uh, to 33222. You'll get a monthly little uh, alert that will give you the schedule for the month of, of how you should be watering your landscape. Great feature. Yeah, yeah. So one of those, what did, what did Rosie call it? One of those... Internet machines? Internet machines that you have in your <laughs> just, hand. You can just text... A handheld internet machine. <laughs> There you go. Now, as we get to our first call, Alfred in Salome, Arizona, is uh, called in. Saboros are state flowers in bloom. Yes. They've been incredible this year, whether it's the stress, the drought. I know a lot of people, I've heard a lot of people commenting. We, we know one thing. It's not the rain. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> They're saying we better we better flower and fruit and make some seed just in case. Uh, so there's been some beautiful blooms this year, and, and there's some some are still blooming depending on the kind of the elevation that you're seeing them at. Um, and there even Steve was saying you even saw some fruits. Yeah, we were out there earlier this week, and some of them have uh, opened. Their fruits have opened, and the oh. birds are going for them now already. Yeah. So I I have a confession. When I first moved here to Arizona, and I saw. I, I saw the white flowers, but then I saw the red, and I thought, do they have two sets of blooms, a white flower and a red flower? <laughs> and then soon learned that that was the fruit that burst open, but they almost look like red flowers, you know, that's and it's like Steve says, that's when the birds go crazy. So. Do you have a stretch or drive you direct people to to go see a good good bloom of saguaros? You know, I, the ride up to uh, Bartlett used to be good. I haven't been up there since the Cave Creek Complex yeah. fire. Is that still... A decent route. It is. Yeah. It is. It, it is. is. I just, good. I just run up to Saguaro Lake. A Beeline Highway is good. Absolutely. And yeah. of course, Saguaro National Monument. Mm-hmm. You can't can't <laughs> go wrong. <laughs> going. We were just in Tucson. And A little bit farther. Very beautiful uh, down that way. Of course. The three hundred three from seventeen down to Grand Avenue is a great stretch. Is it? Oh, good. As good. well, so just beautiful. Great tips. Great beautiful. Tips. I've got a cousin that comes in from yeah. Louisiana, and that's the first thing he wants to do is. Where can we go see some saguaros? (laughs) I want to see the cactus. See, I've tried to talk Steve into writing a roadside botany book. Wouldn't that be cool? And (laughs) and just like you're saying, you're just talking about those routes that you go. And it's just, you know, especially like when the agaves start blooming and they're just gorgeous. You know, it's in the ocotillos when those will be uh, just burst into leaf and the the flowers. It's just, uh, those will be fun things to write about. She just wants to get me out of the house. (laughs) (laughs) I think you need to go check Highway 191 today, honey. <laughs> See if the aspen are yellow up top right. and the <laughs> sorrels are in bloom below. <laughs> let's, get, let's 
<laughs> see if we can get Alfred in uh, to the conversation. Good morning, sir. Welcome to the program. Do we have Alfred? Alfreda. Alfreda, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm from, I live in Alfreda. My name's Salome, or Salome. Um, I wanted to know, I want to use diatinaceous earth for the little creepy crawlies. Mm. And does it lose its strength when it gets wet? It absolutely does. Unfortunately, what happens is it can clump up, and so it's not as effective. Uh, But you bring up a really good point that I was thinking we should talk about, which is whenever we do get this moisture and some rains, what happens is the insect activity just jumps significantly. And I wanted to just kind of... uh, kind of share with people don't overreact to a lot of these insects because most of them aren't really a problem they're not going to cause any problems to your home or safety to you or bite or sting or any of those things many of them are very can be beneficial yeah absolutely and there's things like the you know the giant palaverde bores those come out during the the monsoons and they just they're just get out of the ground after being in there for years they just want to mate lay eggs and and then they die. So just let them be. <laughs> let them have their fun. <laughs> Very short term, and they'll be at it. They'll be gone. <laughs> but, and the good news is about the diatomaceous earth, even if you put a bunch out yesterday, Yeah. Uh, I, I on, on our five-acre property, a 50-pound yeah. bag that we use on the horse manure lasts three months, and it's cheap. Yeah. So it's not like you're out a big investment if yeah. you put out some diatomaceous earth yesterday and you got to put some more out yeah. today. Yeah, it, you just have to be mindful of the moisture levels and, and have a look at it once in a while. And if it looks like it's clumped up or dissipated or whatever, then you need to reapply. Yep, add a new sprinkle. You'll be in good shape. Well, thank you for the call this morning. That was, uh, was it Alfreda from Salome or Salome from Alfreda? <laughs> We appreciate it. I think it's Salome calling from <laughs> Alfreda. It was a 520 number, which yeah, is yeah. next to Tombstone. I think that's what she said, too. That's, um, that's so, amazing. Thanks for Lovely tuning area. in this morning on 790 AM KNST out of Tucson. Or was it, is it 1140 KGBY? All I, all I remember is FM signal now, 100.7 uh, KGBY. GVY out of Green Valley are two great Southern Arizona radio affiliates. We'll be back right after this. All day I face the barren ways without the taste of water. Cool water. And you have brought in an official rain gauge. This is according to who? <laughs> Rainlog.org. Rainlog.org. This is the true check, American-made, American out of made. Minnesota. Yeah. Yeah. Well, here, here's the deal. If uh, you guys were talking about Rainlog.org earlier, and it has been put together by, again, University of Arizona uh, scientists down there. They put together the uh, web portal so that... Uh, amateur or just just you know weather watchers people that just love to 
uh, see what's going on with the weather, and they like to do their own measurements, that you can get a rain gauge and register it with rain log, and you can be helping to put those numbers in so that when people do want to see what's going on, uh, they can go online and see, you know, possibly there's somebody in their neighborhood that's, that's that has registered something. So this is a special rain gauge that they would prefer you get, and uh, you're going to, I think, put it online or something. Or It is. We have a article if you go to rosieonthehouse.com. Perfect. And in the quick links on the homepage, just click on water, use it wisely. And I've got all of your links that you provided oh, for us this morning. And good. we'll post a picture of this Excellent. Uh, brand True Excellent. Check World's Best Rain Gauge. Rain Gauge, yes, yes, they're great. <laughs> and and while we're speaking of rain a little bit, I do want to give a shout out to the Watershed Management Group. That's a nonprofit that helps people understand how to do rainwater collection. We just did a series in Mesa, uh, f- a five-week series, where they talk about rainwater harvesting and, uh, and how to you know use it for your garden, for your landscape, and and they also get into gray water. They're going to be doing, they have two more programs coming up, one in August in Phoenix, and then the next one is in the spring in Glendale. So they're free programs, uh, usually five weeks, uh, once a week. So it's a really cool opportunity for people if they're really into the rainwater harvesting. And that group again? Uh, It's Watershed Management Group. I get their newsletter. They are are busy folks. And that's one of the links I uh, put on there too for people. So Perfect. Yeah. All right, let's get to our callers, starting with Tom in Mesa. He wants to talk about his blood orange tree. Welcome, Tom. Hi there. How are you all doing? Very well. Good. Thank you. Good. Good. Hi, Tom. Good. Good. Um, yeah, I have a blood orange tree that is produced fruit every year, um, but this year it didn't get in, and it looks beautiful. It's healthy looking, Good. but no blooms this year, and we didn't do anything different mm. in terms of fertilizing or watering or anything. So I just was wondering if that's... It's like, do they take the not pollinate every year? or How are you watering it? Is it on drip or is it on a bubble? It's on a, it, it's on a drip, but I also uh, will deep soak it. I mean, slow, slow yeah. drip. I mean, slow uh, hose for, you know, maybe every yeah. three or four days, deep soak. Well, I mean, the tree itself is, it's never looked. In fact, this year, what I did not do was thin it out. I was listening to you people, and you were, somebody was saying that not to not yeah. to not to thin them out. That's exactly. So I didn't right. thin it out this year, and that's the only thing I did do differently. Tom, did you notice any flowers at all developing on it, or did do you did you keep an eye out during the bloom period? I, I, I truly wasn't wasn't paying that much attention, okay. but I know I know I can always smell them. You know when they you know, they the, oh, and they're blooming. It's just such yeah. that, I, and, that that strong smell, and I smelled that, but. I really didn't pay attention to if they bloomed and then fell off. or Right, right. That's but there's none on there now. Because we've yeah. seen good fruit set for the most part around the valley, I think. Um, and I don't know that blood orange specifically, I mean, they, they aren't quite as vigorous as a lot of the other citrus trees. Um, I wonder, you know, we have seen reductions in some of the pollinators and things like that. The bees sometimes, if you don't get... F- pollination um then you might not get fruit set but typically even you know oranges you know they're they're that's that's rare so i just wonder if it's just taken a rest the fact that you say it's healthy looking that it looks great you've left it full and lush you're not getting any root stock that's coming up are you any of the root stock um uh, branching or you know leaves or suckers suckers and stuff are you tom I'd try this again. Volunteers, and I would cut that, cut those off. Okay. Um, you know, on the very, very bottom of the trunk. Yeah, yeah, right. you are keeping those trimmed off. 
Yep. Okay. There's not very many of them, but when they do come okay. in, I'll I'll cut them. Yeah. Good. So uh, and then in the you know what I'm noticing, it's got on the, some of the the new branches. I mean, it's got a whole bunch of new new foliage and everything. Good. So Good. I just don't get it. What unless it's you know now we moved into this house later, so I don't know how long it's been here, and if they have a lifespan of when they don't produce fruit anymore. No, I think for some reason you might have had some off year or something happened that the fruit, the flowers either did not develop fully or produce or something like that happened. I would give it a year. If it's healthy, I think you're doing all the right stuff. Um, you know, just make sure you're keeping up with your fertilizer and everything. And then if it doesn't happen next year, call Jay Harper mm-hmm. when he's on it <laughs> <laughs> next time. <laughs> so, uh, but we, yeah, I think you're all right. We have eight citrus, citrus trees, uh-huh. a variety of orange, mm-hmm, grapefruit, mm-hmm. lemon. Yeah. I've never had one year where all eight trees did immaculate. Right. Uh, you know, I'll have one year. Sometimes. Lemons, yeah. boom. Explode. I'm like, wow, we're going to have great lemon harvest next year. Well, that's so-so. But this orange tree is, is great. I mean, they they have their yeah. own cycle. It's not it's not uncommon to... To have it, low years, but the fact that he has none is a little bit unusual. But, right. But, uh, and they're, by the way, a wonderful a wonderful fruit, the blood yeah. orange. It's that real dark, uh, almost a grapey looking and uh, inside the, the dark red flesh and just delicious flavor. So hopefully you'll get a crop next year. Yeah, now, another thing to keep in mind is that this has been, uh, you know, we, we cycle into this kind of weather pattern that we've had the mm-hmm. past like last summer into this winter, this this drought and high heat, we get that every once in a while, and and our plants, especially non-native plants, don't respond the way that we are used to them responding because we have that set of circumstances: really hot, dry summer followed by a, a higher than and warmer than normal winter with no rain. So those things, even though we're uh, uh, watering supplementally with irrigation systems can have an impact. Well, let us know in a year, Tom. I, I know that's not the answer you wanted to hear. He wanted to hear something that could <laughs> put those blood oranges back on his tree for for the fall and winter. But I know. Uh, there's plenty of farmers markets in the Mesa area that right. may just have to be right. you know find find your new favorite weekend uh, farm stand for a year and let us know next year if, if it's come back around and the cycle just continue to fertilize it. We've yeah. got. Uh, we just kind of passed our last fertilizing cycle. We don't have the next one really till September if you're doing the granular three or four time a, a year citrus fertilizing yeah. platform that a lot of people recommend and suggest. The, um, what's the uh, John's uh, Citrus Nursery in Mesa? The um, blanking for some reason. AMP? No. Greenfield? Greenfield Citrus Nursery. That would that be another. John. <laughs> that John. Yeah, and uh, you might call out there as well because they. They grow so much citrus, and they might have a better idea if there's something unusual about the blood orange. So, We appreciate the call. Let's see how we can help Liz this morning in Tucson. Welcome to the program, Liz. How can we help you? Thank you, Rosie. I really love your program. Um, I've been enjoying the morning out in the rain. However, <laughs> I have potholes in my uh, one-acre yard that I've been trying to clean out the nests from the pack rats and doing everything I can to get rid of them. And they're winning the game. <laughs> and I was wondering if you had any suggestions. Do you think you um, have gof- I can do? gophers? Are you sure they're pack rats or are they gophers where you're getting the holes? 
It might be it might be pack rats. I know you get them down in Tucson pretty badly. Well, they have the they have the cacti okay. burrs from the the uh, choya cactus, and they make the nests in the bottom of the cacti. I don't know. Yeah, it's a pack rat. Uh, yeah, it's a pack rat. <laughs> yeah, and the hard thing and about they chew, they chew up everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and the hard thing about those or any four-legged, whether it is ground squirrels or rabbits or anything, they're out there all day. So you've got to have something else that can be out there all day. I think you need to go to the Humane Society and find a cat. Throw it back there and don't feed it <laughs> for a week. When you go to your local nursery store, there's all different types of traps. Get one of every kind. Get, get the smoke bombs. Get the live humane traps that have a heart traps. Get the electronic traps. Get the ground poison. It. They take there, – there's no one solution for any of that. You've got to combat them with everything you can throw at them. And the biggest thing is you were talking about the cactus piles, you, getting those cleaned up. And then mm. – you know, Steve made a point earlier, Donna, y'all were talking about insects and just letting them mm-hmm. be. She's mm-hmm. on an acre property. If they're far enough back and they're not hurting yeah. anything, you know, maybe yeah. maybe just a, a hundred foot diameter around the house. And then the back of it is just your natural desert and it does what it does. Yeah. Name them and get familiar with them. Get to <laughs> be friends with them. You know, you might try calling the... Um, the Pima County Master Gardeners and see too. I'm sure they've got have might have some creative ideas for that. Um, again, we don't have as much of that certainly in our urban areas here in the Phoenix area, but uh, I know it's more common down there. I know it's tough. It's a tough thing to deal with because you do want to, you know, you don't want to uh, uh, go out there killing creatures either. But uh, but we we want to live in harmony, right? <laughs> so. Well, good luck, Liz. Uh, <clears throat> harmony. You know, that the natural life cycle, I think that goes back to our cat suggestion. <laughs> a natural, natural. predator. Well, maybe an eagle. An, I was going to say, an owl, maybe a raptor, an owl. A raptor a... would be nice. Yes, I, I love the owls. Absolutely. Because then you'd have something there at night, too, from above. If they got used to the cat on the ground, then you get the, the, the predator from above. It's a web of life. Rosie on the house every Saturday morning at one 767 That's one 888 Rosie, for you, text to 411-923. You can email info at rosieonthehouse.com. In studio with Donna D. Francesco from the city of Mesa and Water Use It Wisely. Steve Preby, you have uh, a botanist at the Mesa Community College now. Yeah. Is your recent hobby? Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, I teach a plant biology class there at Mesa Community College. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you all for your time in this Saturday morning. We'll wrap up the outdoor uh, garden hour right after this. On a beautiful Saturday morning. Text question real quick before we get back to the phones. What can be done for a tomato plant that gets curly top disease other than pulling it out? I think that's 
<laughs> and we're getting into the time of year where yes. your tomato yeah. plant is now your compost base. Yeah. Yeah. It's tough. It's tough. You know, it's at that, like you say, it's at that time when uh, a lot of times the leaves curl up just because of the heat, too. And the sun is just so, so strong. A lot of, t- you know, people will use shade screening and things like that helps yeah, out a lot. You can't to get seem them, to water them enough. Get them through a little bit longer. But sometimes if there are viruses that come in, the best bet really is to start fresh with a new plant in the f- fall for your next crop or something like that. So it's it's just tough to control something like that. One funny thing Jay always says is, you know, it's a new one's like less than $2. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> we have such an emotional connection to our garden we do. plants. Keep those plants going. <laughs> a new one's only $2. So many people are proud to get them through the summer, and I, I applaud that too, but sometimes it's just easier to get a new plant. Yeah. Let's bring Dave into the conversation at one 767 4348 That's one rosie for you. How can we help you, Dave? This is me, Rosie? Yes, sir. Okay, good deal. Um, the Well, first, the, the guy with the blood orange, thats I'm pretty sure that's a Taroko blood orange, and they're from the Mediterranean, mm-hmm. and so they're used to a lot more humidity. And I had the same problem with mine. I called John out of Greenfield. Okay. And so what, what I did is I, at the time that the blooms usually set, I was out there just kind of hosing the area for about 30 feet around in the wall with the cat's claw to create some humidity, and I did that for maybe 10 days, and I had a good fruit set last year. Hmm. This year I didn't get to it, and I think the weather was even worse than usual, and I don't have a single fruit either. So. Interesting. But there's a lot of different cultivars of blood, so it depends on which one you have. Um, Great. And what I called about was the um, – I've got a gardening service, and we use the ET ratio for watering our lawns. It's on, on one of the AMWA sites. And and I wondered if there was something similar to that for plants that's really science based instead of general history based, where you you know they're talking about the the ET or mm-hmm. I, I'm assuming they have something like that for plants. Sure, yeah, they have uh, some like that for plants. I think you have that on the same site, don't you? Donna for well, the- and I, and it's what you're talking about, and it's in the newspaper. You'll see it on the weather page still, um, and the again from the Arizona Meteorological uh, Service. Uh, again, that's a University of Arizona site. They will track uh, rain gauges and the weather conditions uh, throughout different weather stations throughout the valley here. So it will say, if you last watered three days ago, add this much uh, moisture back to your lawn. So it gives you kind of the exact amount. It's pretty scientific, and a lot of golf courses use that, and people like you, professionals who understand what it means. It's a little more challenging for, um, you know, it's just, it's just it takes a little more time for homeowners. So that's why we did the watering by the numbers that gives them a little, it kind of generalizes a lot of that and still gives them the recommendation. So you can definitely use ET though for your plants as well it's just a matter of understanding that you need to be adding um you know going longer periods of time we're not saying how much to add you know you could take that how much to water every three days and multiply that you know let it go a week or two and add it all together and you'd kind of have an idea of how much should be added does that make sense yeah yeah well we're we're doing something like that i just thought there there might be one that was more specific to plants so so that that answers that I'll tell you one other thing is, is I know I've got a ton of stories, but I'm sure you guys have a ton of stories, and I would love to hear some of your stories <laughs> of the the funny things that homeowners ask you about. Oh yeah, and, um, that would be a great and, episode right there. A good good uh, oh, segment. Oh, it, it would be. 
<laughs> it is. It's like that. Those those things you see online that says stupid humans. You know? <laughs> it, is, it is really funny. Um, one other thing, if I, I if I get just one another fifteen seconds or so, these new no, they're not new anymore. But the MP rotators, the the nozzles that use low water. Mm-hmm. I don't think any most homeowners don't get the memo that those things put out water so slowly. It takes an hour and 45 or an hour yes. and 50 minutes to put yes. out the same amount of water as the pop-ups do. And I come to these people's houses where they call me about their turf, yes. and they're watering for 20 minutes like they did with their others. It's like, no, you you got to be watering a long time with these heads, and they just can't believe it. So, um, Excellent point. Know, that one to pass that on. So thanks for being on. I've seen you guys for at least 20, maybe 25 years at all the trade shows. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, right. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for calling in. Great talking to you. Yeah. And you're absolutely right about that part about the, you have to do the catch can test and see what your system's putting out and time your irrigation for that. And you're, you're absolutely right. An hour to hour and a half, hour 45 is what's required with those MP rotators. And we have a hard time just getting people to still do the pop-ups for at least 20 minutes, which is what we're recommending to get. Again, about three quarters of an inch on that grass each time you water and then water at the most once every three days in the summertime that's in the watering by the numbers book uh but like you say those others what's great about those other nozzles is if you have slopes or things like that it it keeps the water from running off it really gives it a chance to soak in but those those hour and hour and a half run times i think are uh, again uh, a little unrealistic for most homeowners Um, i just think that if you don't need it if you don't have slopes then i would probably stick with pop-ups i think they're simpler and most controllers can handle that run time um, if, if they don't have more sophisticated controllers. And on the flip side of all of this, you know, if, if a little's good, a lot's better, is doesn't always apply. No. Yellowing doesn't mean a lack of water. That could be a sign that right. you're overwatering. Absolutely. So. And that's what people, I think that's one of the real common mistakes that people make is is they're watering too much. And we, we, we kind of use our own uh, senses of, oh, it's hot, it's miserable, my plants must need a lot of water, and which can be true. <laughs> one of the things I tell people, though, you were saying earlier that June and we're in kind of the hottest part of the month and this or the hottest part of the year. And even though today is so different because we have humidity, but typically June is that hottest, driest month with the lowest humidity, which means the water demands of plants is the very highest. By, you know, after what happens June 21st, we have the solstice. Our day length starts to shorten after June 21st. So July and all that, we have humidity, we have lower, shorter days, water use uh, requirements get lower. So, Donna, Steve, thanks for joining us this Saturday morning. And WaterUseItWisely.org if you've got questions. Dot com. Dot com. Oh, it's yes. a com now. It's a com. Oh, it's it's a com. Been a, yep, cool. yep. <laughs> WaterUseWisely.com.